Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon as my feet touch the floor today, one mission, hustle and motivate. Welcome to the Leader Growth Podcast. I'm David Skidmore. At Leader Growth, we are passionate about helping individuals and organizations overcome challenges and experience transformation. If you want to follow along with the show notes for today's episode, you can do that at leadergrowth.us forward slash podcast. I want to go ahead and jump into today's content. If you are a leader, you know that relationships are essential. And yet a lot of leaders feel disconnected from the people that they lead. And on top of that, many feel lonely in life. And so today I am really excited to sit down with Wayland Cubitt, who has just retired from the Oklahoma City Police Department after serving for years. What an incredible impact he has had on our community. Wayland is an incredible communicator. You can check out his podcast. It's the United Voice Oklahoma podcast. And you can also check out on Facebook all of the great conversations he's having there with conversations with Cubit. You should also check out the TED Talk from Wayland Cubit on how to build bridges over your bias. It's an absolutely fantastic talk. Besides all this, Wayland established the OCPD FACT unit, that's Family Awareness and Community Teamwork, which is a youth outreach program that focuses on mentorship, building character, and empowering at-risk youth. Today, we're going to talk about how to build friendships, how to mentor, and how to build bridges across racial barriers. I can't wait to get into this conversation with Waylon Cubit, but first, our friend, JB. Waylon Cubit, welcome to the Leader Growth Podcast. Leader Growth Podcast, I've arrived. Man, it's great to have you here. I mean, we are here, and I feel like today, we just talked about it in the intro, but I mean, we're talking conversations with Cubit. I get to have a conversation with Cubit, and I'm very excited about that. Well, you, I'm, I'm at your disposal. I've, I feel like I've arrived not just because I found my parking space and I found my finally <laughs> found my place to the spot, but I've arrived because I've made it to the Skidmore's. Podcast. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we're going to have to go ahead and, and jump in. So Cuba and I go back <laughs> a, a few years. We've gotten to, to work on some different projects. Uh, a few years ago with TEDx Oklahoma City, he was one of our speakers there. You've probably seen that talk. Uh, if not, go watch it ASAP because it's absolutely brilliant. So today we're going to be talking about relationships because Cuba is one of the best that I know at building relationships. And what we want to do today is help give you some practical steps on how you can start building relationships at three levels. Number one, we're going to talk about friendships. Number two, we're going to be talking as well uh, about mentorship. And then number three, we're going to talk about how to build relationships across racial barriers. So I just want to start off with, with this cube. A lot of people in the past couple of years felt friendships drift away because they were so isolated. And so, mm. you know, sometimes when you're, when you're building from the beginning, uh, how do you go about just the organic process? A lot of leaders are lonely. So how do we start stepping forward and building relationships just at the friend level? Man, the, the, the thing that I always think about, that's a good question. And, and it might be different for, for different people. But for me, I, I go back to thinking about what kind of friend I want. Mm. And if I think about the kind of friend I want... That's the kind of friend I should be. 
like you want some I want somebody to call like right now like if somebody would yeah. call me right now like that would be cool yeah but I can't call myself and so um I, I, I would like I would love somebody to just like hear this thought as silly as it might sound in my head I really just need somebody to hear this hmm. thought yeah right and so I feel like there's people out there that want a friend yes just like I want a friend and so I try to be that person for others. And so it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it's not out of realms when I'm with somebody to go like, I really want to know what you're thinking. Like if there's something in your head that just might sound silly, like give it to me, mm. like give it to me. Yeah. I, I want to hear it. You know, it, it makes me think of, of a friend of ours, Caleb McCoy, who mm-hmm. will just midday call me sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not used to that because people don't call as much anymore, you know? Yeah. At, at least my generation doesn't call as right. much, you know? We it, like, but I, as time has, has gone on, I've grown to love it because it's this, it's this idea of like, I want to talk now. I have something that I need to share now. And I like having a friend who will just pick up the phone and call me. Well, so here's the, here's the next step. This is what I call it. It is called the text call. Oh, the you text heard of this? call. You never heard of this? Yeah. Go ahead. What's the text call? A text call is me texting David saying, David, I'm about to FaceTime you in five minutes. Get ready. Hey. And so when you pick up the FaceTime, it's like, I don't want anything other than just to see your face, hear your voice. Uh, and I want you to know that I want to be involved with you. So what you're saying is it's not even like a, hey, are you free? It's, hey, I'm going to FaceTime you in like five minutes. Get yes. ready. And you have the option to say, I'm busy in five minutes. You yeah. have the option of doing like, so it's, it is the convenience of a text. But the urgency of like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, and when you pick it up, this doesn't have to last long because there's nothing mm-hmm. going on. I just want you to know that you're on my mind, you're on my heart, mm. and I'm here for you. If you got something, I've got several minutes. I've, I've allotted this time for you to be able to tell me yeah. what you're doing, what's on your mind, uh, and just dump on me. Yeah. Now, who does this remind you of? Jesus, bro. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Like I mean, my first thought was, my first thought was Les Thomas, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who looks a lot like Jesus. Yes, so. yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah call me up anytime. Yeah, and let's lay all your cares on me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when when we're looking at friendships, sometimes there are things for us that keep us from stepping out and reaching forward. You know, we might just be um, maybe we had a friendship go sour. Mm-hmm. Maybe we had a few people uh, that in the past we felt we were really close to it. And then we found out that political divisions or maybe uh, even perspectives on COVID separated us during this time. And it split it, split the chasm of friendship wider than, than we ever would have expected. So in those kind of situations, how do you start moving forward when your heart is hurt to start building relationships of trust again? Yeah. But I, man, you are asking some really tough questions. But ones that, that, that are worthy to think about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so allow me to think out loud. Yeah. Um, if it, I've had friendships that we went sideways on issues. Yeah. But what I remember is that I told myself, a mandate to myself, that I was going to love people, period. Mm. And the period means regardless. Yeah. Uh, you, I know for a fact, because you are a person, that... Going into this relationship, at some point, you are going to disappoint me. Hmm. But I'm not going to let the disappointment interfere with the love that I have for you as a friend. 
and as wow. a brother. So that's a mandate. Uh, David, you are going to tick me off eventually. We keep hanging out. We keep doing yeah. life. You're going to say something, do something, involve you, make a decision, make a choice, whatever it is that is not going to square well with me. I am probably, because I love you, I'm going to check, check you. Like, I'm going to find out, did you intend that mm-hmm. hurt that you caused? Was that purposeful, that hurt that yeah. you caused? If so, let's try to figure out what, what, how to unpack that so that we can continue to be, uh, it, it, keep the, the, the equilibrium of our relationship mm-hmm. the same because I don't want it to, I, don't want, I want it to stay the same or grow. Yeah. Uh, most of the time I find out that that is not intentional. Mm-hmm. But I'm a, I'm a police officer yeah. for, a few, for a little while longer. But I'm a police officer, professional law enforcement, and we know this that good intentions often end up in bad results, hmm. right? And so uh, I just want to find out or let you know that whatever you intended caused some pain and some hurt. Wow. And if you love me like I love you, you want to heal the hurt. Wow. And I have yeah. to give us an opportunity to heal together. But if we don't, guess what? I love you and ain't nothing you can do about it because I love people, period. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. It may determine the kind of relationship we, we have, but it's not going to, to determine whether or not I love you and whether or, not, mm-hmm. whether or not I care enough to show up for you. Right. Depending on the pain, depending on the hurt, mm-hmm. it could shift our relationship. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fundamental part of our relationship, which is I love you. And, and, and love requires me to show up for you in certain situations. So I like this because, um, I mean, frankly, a lot of leaders have so much responsibility and sometimes even the things that we have as responsibility, let's say our businesses Mm -hmm. energize us and it gives us something to focus on instead of friendships. So if you end up going sideways with somebody, you could say, well, you know, I got to work on the business. I got to work on the business and our business could even be our hobby. And so what, what I'm hearing you say is like, there's actually something to acknowledge when there's a hurt there and to step forward into it and to not even use our leadership or our business or anything else. Because a lot of people say leader leadership is lonely, but I'm wondering, do leaders have to be lonely? No, no leader leaders, even in business, right? The business, they're really focused on outcomes. Yeah. Really focused on outcomes. And, and I get that. Yeah. Um, but I never want the leader to forget that people produce outcomes. Yes. It is people first hmm. product second. Oh, that's good. Right. And so you, if you're lonely and you're becoming lonely, mm-hmm. it's probably because you're focusing on the product, then the people hmm. you focus on people. They will never allow you to be lonely. That's good. It makes me think I heard a guy say once, if you say it's lonely at the top, then you probably need to find a bigger mountain and some people to climb it with. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're probably I said at, it better. I you know, said because, it better. because sometimes we end up like we, we end up thinking that we're all alone in the world. And in reality, there are bigger mountains to take on and bigger, advent, bigger mm-hmm. adventures to take on. But sometimes we've just been hurt and we can use uh, leadership as a way to disconnect. Now, um, you said something a few minutes ago, made me think of a quote from Andy Stanley. And he said uh, about dating 
and about marriage. Be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. So in a friendship, be the person that the person you're looking for to be a friend with is looking for. And if you focus on becoming that kind of person, you might just see more people gravitate towards you. The best kind of friend to be is the one you want. Ah, I love that. Okay. So let's talk about mentorship (laughs) because, you know, you, you were talking uh, a few minutes ago about how you won't be lonely. And and one of the things that I have loved seeing Waylon, it's just so cool. I see you mentor at different levels and it's crazy. Yeah. I noticed it now looking back. Yeah. And it's like some of the guys that were, it was probably just a mentorship years ago. They would still call you a mentor. I'm thinking Marcus Jackson, Mm. but there's also a friendship now. Yeah. Colleague, he's a colleague. Yeah. There's a colleague, and mm-hmm. and so just as as time goes on, it seems like like things can evolve and shift, and and it can uh, become something that it wasn't at the beginning. So from the beginning on mentorship, why is mentorship important? I, I believe because we we all are called to become something greater than we are right now. Mm. Until it's over, yeah, we are to become greater than we are right now. In uh, and so we're all becoming. Yeah. And there's always, uh, God always sends someone that has experience, information and knowledge to help us hmm. become who he has purposed us to be. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't say, just go be this thing. He says, I'm going to send help. Yeah. You know, he's going to, it's going to send help. And so, uh, to do it alone is to do it wrong. You're not, you're not supposed to be doing this alone. And so there is, there is helpers out there. Uh, and, and what, and here's what I, I will say about mentoring is I know for a fact that I am the solution to somebody else's problem. Wow. I know it. Yeah. You are the solution to somebody else's problem. Now I know there's a lot of things that happen. You make mistakes and all that kind of stuff. And even in your family, even your upbringing, they will say to you, you're the problem. Yeah. But the reality is you're the solution to somebody's problem, bro. Hmm. And there's a solution to yours. Yeah. And it's, in a, and it's wrapped up in a person. And so a mentor, uh, coach, whatever you want to call it, uh, I like to make it official. Like when, when, when if you start calling me a mentor, I'm like, hold on. I take that serious. Like uh, we can just be friends and, and, yeah. and homies and that kind of stuff. We can be brothers and all that kind of stuff. But if you call me mentor, you're just giving me a responsibility. Yeah. What does mentor mean to you? Yeah, I'm tied when, when I when for me, when someone calls me mentor, that means their success is tied to my success and vice versa. Mm-hmm. We win together. Like we do this life together. It's coming alongside someone yeah. uh, and not for a period of time. For me, it's not for a period of time. Mm-hmm. It's forever. Wow. It's forever. Like we're doing this. This is a journey in your dark places. You shouldn't be there alone in places where you're going to be celebrated. You shouldn't be there alone. Mm -hmm. When, when you win the game winning shot, like that's it. Yeah. I should be there or a mentor should be there. And when that shot doesn't go in and, and you cause the team to lose, I should be there. Uh, so it's important. It's important to have, uh, a trusted advisor. Let me ask you this, and, and being totally transparent, right now, I'm building a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. 
I've got some younger guys I spend time with. Some of them might refer to me as a mentor. I don't know if I would call myself a mentor right now. Mm -hmm. As you're talking, it's making me think there are some really big stakes around mentorship. If, if we don't mentor, if we don't mentor the next generation, what's at stake? Well, it's the opposite of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Growth. Like we don't grow. Hmm. If someone, how do we know what's next? If somebody doesn't show us, point us to the next level. And so I often, I often do this little small exercise uh, after someone says, uh, man, you're my mentor. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Uh, Do me a favor. Hold your hand up high. And they hold their hand up high. And I said, that's really cool. Now put your hand up just a little bit higher. And they put up, so Mm -hmm. what I just asked you to do was stretch. Yeah. And being in a mentor-mentee relationship with me means that you have signed up to stretch when I ask you to. What might that look like? Uh, Man, I just got my master's degree and I got this great job Mm -hmm. and my family is doing well. I got this great car. I'm going to church all the time. Man, this is just great. And uh, I, I want to go, Mr. Mentor, Mr. Mentor Whalen. I'm going to. I'm, I'm actually for the first time. I'm going to buy you lunch. Yeah. And so we we buy lunch and all that kind of stuff. And I'm listening and I'm hearing for opportunities to stretch this person. Mm. Like, uh, and it, it may come up in different ways. It may say, you know what? Uh, what are you doing in your church? Oh well, I go and I pay ten percent. I give with tithes and all that kind of stuff. I said, but what ministry needs you? Hmm. What, what gifts and talents do you have that you can offer to whatever ministry? Yeah. Man, you're a great speaker. Have you, have you been lending yourself to speaking? Are you volunteering? Where, where, where can you grow? This is where there's, there's always an opportunity. And I'm sure they go, oh, I, never, I never thought about it. But every time I sit down with you, yeah. I, I leave away challenged to grow. I feel mm. sick. They should feel celebrated. Yes. And they should feel challenged. Every single time. Wow. Every single time. And sometimes the challenge is not a, uh, a mandate, like, do this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the challenge just comes in your presence. Like, like uh, Mentor Waylon, where are you headed after this? Well, I'm actually going to go record a podcast with my man Skid. Mm-hmm. What's the podcast about? It's about growth. It's about leadership. It's all kind of stuff. Uh, man, maybe I should do a podcast. Oh, I didn't say that. But now they are looking up to me and now they're looking for areas to step into because of what I'm doing. That's good. So as you're, as you're talking about this, I think sometimes in my mind, I would say I don't have enough time to mentor. The flip side is if we're looking big picture, I don't know if we have enough time to not mentor. Right. So mentoring, mentoring, a lot of people uh, gravitate away from the mentoring thing because they don't mm-hmm. have time. Yeah. What I would say to them is you do. And here's why. Yeah. It's because mentoring usually often just requires including someone else in your space. Hmm. So if I'm going, uh, I need to mentor this young man, but Saturday I have a project around my house that has to do some weed eating and some, some uh, mowing and all that kind of stuff. Guess where my mentee is going to be with me doing this project or Hey, I know you have something to do and I have something to do, but I have to run to Westlake hardware to get this piece to do my project. Yeah. You might, you want to roll with me? 
as I go do it. Mm-hmm. And in no agenda whatsoever, but he, over the time that he's in the car, walking around, he's seen me engage on the phone with friends. Mm-hmm. He's seen me pay him attention by not talking on the phone while we're in the car. Yeah. He's seen how I engaged with the employees and the workers at Westlake Hardware. Mm-hmm. He's seen me uh, talk to my wife. He's seen me pick out. He saw me so look at prices and sizes and read the, the all of this, all of this, this uh, uh, engagement. Mm-hmm. He's watching a man do it. He's watching me talk about and care for my family. Uh, spend money, save money. He's doing all this, this, this stuff, and I take him back home. And so, what did that do to my time? I was going to waste like hardware anyway. Mm-hmm. I was going to do all of those things anyway. Yeah. But the mentoring part of it is now I have eyes on me that needs to see this type of engagement. Mm-hmm. It's mentoring. I didn't. It didn't add anything to my time. So. One of the things that I think is, is interesting when we talk about mentoring is, you know, sometimes people go, man, Wayland, you mentoring, you've been mentoring for years, so you're a natural at that, and people even seek you out. How do I get into a mentoring relationship where we understand what the other person is looking for out of this? Uh, and, you know, sometimes I've had a few people, I remember a few years ago, yeah. I had somebody who said, uh, I'm going to mentor you. And I was like, well, okay, cool. Like I'll, I'll have a couple of coffees with you. He was, he was an older respected right. man about seven years ago. And so we, we had a couple of coffees and the first time he told me a story and at the end he had, he had a hook to it. And I sat there and I was like, well, that's a really good question. I'll have to think about that. Next week we came back and he said the exact same story, asked me that the same hook exactly as he had. And I realized he hadn't even realized he had had that same conversation with me before. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep having a long-term mentoring relationship with him because he was just looking for guys to meet with period. Right. But he wasn't looking for how can I intentionally grow you? Right. Right. So how do you set that up in, in a way where, uh, it honors the other person, um, but also where there are expectations or may- maybe how do you set that up in a way where it honors the other person by setting some expectations up front of what mentorship looks like? Yeah, so there's some unofficial and official okay. roles here, right? And so unofficially, uh, there's people I mentor that, that, that are mentoring me, like I'm watching them online. I'm yeah. watching their content. I'm taking notes from what they do. Yes. I'm trying to figure out ways to apply it. But then there's the official relationship. And that's people that I say, can I get some time from you mm-hmm. because I want to grow in this area? Uh, and I can, I can name, uh, Lee Rowland. Yeah. I can name, uh, George Young master mentors have mentors. So mentoring, what I'm hearing you say is mentoring goes upwards. It's, it's from the mentee saying, I would like this from you rather than just, I want to mentor you or. Yeah. I don't necessarily go to people and say, I want to mentor you. Nope. 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 It doesn't really work that way. Agree. Very, very well. Uh, I offer them like I hover around them. I pursue them. I'm yeah. like, you know, I want, I want to be involved in your life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really become super official until they accept the role. Okay. Right now. Uh, that's like, uh, I have like this, these mentoring basics that I kind of go through in my mind and I write them down to make sure I'm following them. Uh, and one of them, the very first one is pursue them, hmm. pursue them, one, pursue them, pursue them. Uh, and basically saying, let them know I want to be involved and in, I want to be in relationship with yeah. them. If they will accept it. Okay. Uh, uh, two is be proximate. Got to be close. Yeah. I, I got to be in their space. Be proximate. I have to, yeah, be proximate. Uh, 
And, and here's the thing. I have to learn to love what they love. Hmm. And, and you only do that by being, by being proximate. Yeah. Play. Play. Yeah, pursue proximate play. I wouldn't have expected play. I would have expected like purpose or something like that. But it's in play. there. It's the purpose Tell is in about there. That. Purposeful is in there, but play is have fun. Yeah. Right? It doesn't always have to be serious. It doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be about that business. Yeah. Uh, let them know that I like that. What do I want? I want to have fun. Yes. So be the fun person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let your hair down. Be silly. Yes. Dance. TikTok. Whatever that. Whatever that. That is. Lose in the video game. Play. Right. And it, it also gives you opportunity to pour into when you mm-hmm. when when you play. The, the the other thing about these relationships is you have to be passionate. Mm. I have to be passionate, over the top. So uh, whether you recognize it or not, mm-hmm. uh, when when I see you. Skid, I'm excited. Yeah, I feel it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited when a mentee comes into the room. Mm-hmm. I am passionate. I am over the top with their successes. I am over the top with their greetings. When they, I'm like, I am. They're like, you just going over the top. I'm like, yes, because you excite me. Yeah, you, you, you showed up, man. I yeah. didn't think you were gonna make it today. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, where have you been? Like you just saw me yesterday. You just saw me yesterday. Why are you so excited, bro? Because it's you. Yes. Because it's you. What do you mean? You're worth being excited about. Oh, that's good. If they say, oh, man, here comes, here comes Lieutenant Cubit. He is going to be over the top. Here he goes. I have done. I am passionate. They know. They yeah. know. Right? And so I'm passionate. The, the other thing, and I may not be answering your question with all of these, these P words, but powerful Mm-hmm. Be powerful. I, I want to hold them accountable to what they said they wanted out of their life. Yes. Don't let them uh, lax off what they told me. So mm-hmm. if you told me what you did, I'm going to build this thing. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, I'm going to call it this. And this is what it's going to be doing. And then we visit, we have coffee, and we talk, and we're doing all that kind of stuff. And at some point, I'm going to be listening for how that thing is going. Yeah. And then I'm going to be saying, how does this thing that you're doing right now line up with what you told me you were going to do? Mm-hmm. Did you just throw that away? Now, would you do that on coffee two or three? Or is that like after a long time of knowing them? How that, that, is after, that is after I know for a fact mm-hmm. that we are in this official relationship, that you are... You are looking up to me as, uh, and I'll give you an example for, from, from a gang kid that I was yeah. mentoring. Yeah. Uh, so I'm picking up. I'm, I'm purposeful. I am pursuing him. I want to do life with him. I know that he needs guidance. Yeah. But he is doing this gang thing, and he's doing this kind of stuff, and I can, he kind of, he's warming up to me, this kind of stuff, but it is not official. Uh, I, I set up a date. We're going to have... Uh, lunch and we're going to do a movie at this particular time. We're, you got to be here at this particular time. He ain't there. Okay. I go, all right, where's he, where is he at? I thought, you know, maybe he's giving me the cold shoulder and I'm a little annoyed by it. So I find out where he is. He's on this basketball court in the hood that is traditionally known for gangs. Mm-hmm. A lot of gang members hang out there. So I go, I got my gun and my badge on and I see him playing basketball on this, this court that's got graffiti all over it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I see him. His shirt is off. He's playing basketball. I cover up my gun and badge because I don't want that's just, I don't want that. I walk yeah. down to the court and I say, "Bro, what what, what are you doing? Seven o'clock. We said we were going to be there at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. What are you doing?" He goes, "Oh man, look, y'all, it's my mentor, Sergeant Q. 
and everybody's looking at it, and he runs to get his shirt. He throws the ball to the other team. He picks up his shirt. He runs. He gives me a hug, and off we go to the, to, to the car. And I'm like, bro, you just told the whole neighborhood <laughs> that your mentor is a cop. <laughs> you're not in, you're, what is wrong with you? Yeah. So I know, David, right then, I know that he has accepted this role. Hmm. We leave there to go pick up water from the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, for this event thing that we're going to do. And he gets out to go in the store with me. But his pants are hanging super low. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't stand it. Yep. Yesterday, the day before, I would never say anything about it. But today, he's let me know we are in an official capacity. We're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So as he comes around the car, I go, hey, you got to sit in the car. He goes, I want to come with you. I was like, well, no, for me, you got you to pull your pants up. I can't, I can't be walking around the store with you in your pants hanging down that. It sends a different signal. Uh, at the time, that was a, a really gang, that was a signal. That, mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't do it. He goes, well, that's who I am. And I said, well, that's not who I want you to become. Mm. So you can sit in the car or you can pull your pants up and come with me. It doesn't make me a difference. I, I'm, I'm loving you. It's, I'm cool either way. He tights up his pants, puts his belt on, and off we go to the store. And so I don't know how many meetings it had before I was able to tell that yeah. I had my hooks in this relationship and that he had his hooks in it and he's invested in this relationship. Mm-hmm. But I don't really go giving these powerful things, these mandates, these stretching advice a whole lot until he has now agreed in some form that this is a relationship and I want it. Yes. And when it's relationship and I want it, then there's a mutual agreement on moving forward together. Yes. Which leads us to the next part of this conversation, yep. uh, which is, how do we start building relationships across racial barriers? Over the past few years, we've seen racial tensions increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of fallout from it. I think that we're sitting right now uh, in a lot of the aftermath of it. How do we purposely build across racial barriers? Like uh, the word you used is purposeful. Mm. Like, and being purposeful means don't ignore the elephant in the room. Yeah. Like, the question itself says, let's talk about race. Here's the, here's the thing. I do not have the option as a black man Mm -hmm. of not dealing with the subject matter. Yeah. I have to deal with the subject matter. Tell me more about that. So, uh, should I just have a black son that is driving a car and not tell him that there's some people in the world that are going to receive and treat you differently, but just based on the color of your skin. Should mm-hmm. I just let him just go out there and experience that? Or do I teach him to brace himself for it and how I want him to respond for it? Yeah. Right. Hey, my white friends can raise their son with not that mandate. I never had that conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm not even talking about the police. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there are people out there that are going to treat you differently just because of the color of your skin. And mm-hmm. I want you to brace yourself for it. And this is how I want you to respond. Yeah. My white friends do not have to tell their white sons, based on the color of your skin, where you go, there are people going to treat you differently based on the color of your skin. And this is how I want you to respond. To it. So, so I don't have the option uh, of raising a kid or even going out in the world myself, not being ready and adjusted to respond mm-hmm. to things based on race. Yeah. So, if, if we're going to move a relationship forward, white and black, I think that uh, we have to 
put out in the air, purposeful, what is it that you have to deal with? And, 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 and as a white man, do I have the opportunity to remove that obstacle and that barrier and create more opportunity for you where race is not an issue mm-hmm. or shouldn't be an issue? Is there is uh, or when am I accidentally placing race as a barrier between you and opportunity or you in this relationship? Hmm. And the only way to do that is to talk about it. There is no way. Uh, and my, and my, my friend Taylor Doe is a perfect example of this. And there are yeah. many others. There is no way that you're going to be in an authentic relationship with a person of color, whether it be black or, or Hispanic or whatever, and not start recognizing some barriers that they have to face that he doesn't have to face mm-hmm. and doing everything he can to remove the obstacle so that that the, so that those kids have a fair shot, the same shot yes. as anybody else uh, at, to, to succeed at that opportunity. And, and the reason, and the reason he's so successful at it is because he doesn't avoid asking the question. He educates himself mm-hmm. on what the issues are. So, so if I'm mentoring a person in strict poverty, what I want to know is what is it like to be in strict poverty? Mm-hmm. Like what scares you when you get up in the morning? What are you worried about when you, you get up in the morning? You have to ask the question. You can't assume on everything. Yeah. You can't assume on everything. You have to ask. And like, why does that, then you got to go like, why does that barrier exist? Mm-hmm. Why does that mentality exist? Yeah. And then you go, I got I to read something. Mm. I got to study something. Yeah. I got to do some history. I got to figure, figure this out. And so uh, the, 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 the way to authentic relationship across racial boundaries is to acknowledge first that it exists and then mm-hmm. step into it no matter how uncomfortable it is. Period. Okay, so let's talk about a moment. Mm-hmm. It feels uncomfortable, let's say, on your side, where you're sitting in the conversation, how do you press in in that moment? Because it would be really easy to just go off on somebody right then, right? But we're talking about purposely building relationships. I don't care if somebody's uh, white, black, or any other color. We have things inside of us that agitate us, that make us angry, that we could easily go off. So how have you leveraged some of those moments to go, instead of escalating, I'm actually going to engage? Let me go to a police situation. Okay. And then, and then we'll, we'll back it into this. Uh, I have found early, not early, but midway in my career, that um, uh, I'm engaging with a subject I haven't patted them down. I don't know if they got guns, weapons. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what this is. I just know I'm, I'm here. And I will absolutely say, bro, I, right now I'm extremely nervous that you might be holding a gun or a knife. Mm-hmm. And it is making me uncomfortable. Yes. But I can't leave this situation right now. And my comfort and your comfort and your safety and my safety is paramount. And we're just not going to be able to go much further until we step into this discomfort. Do you have another way of standing besides putting your hands in your pocket? Or can you help me understand um, why you need to put your hand in your pocket? Mm-hmm. Can you help me understand or feel better that you do not have the thing that I'm concerned about? So it's this I just idea put it out there that I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. And can you help me understand? And can it? you help me? Right. And so now go back to this this situation. 
man, what you just said yeah. has just made me really uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, and here's why. And, and I don't know if you can help relieve this, this uncomfort by answering a few questions for me. Yeah. Can, can we go there? Can we go there? Cause, cause I don't want to leave the situation. I don't want to leave the conversation, but I'm not going to, I'm going to dance around the fact that you just made me very uncomfortable about what you said or what you did. Yeah. And a lot of times, the thing that you do that makes someone uncomfortable, you may not know that it made them uncomfortable. Right. And so at that just point, like this with, suspect putting his hands in his pocket, he, he's just yeah. warming his hands. He has no idea that it just freaked me out. Yeah. Until I tell him. But when the other person says to you, that made me very uncomfortable, it's easy to, to start feeling escalated and to feel anxious or to feel confused or to, you know, think maybe if you're the leader, well, I don't have to deal with this right now. But empathy would have a different answer for us in this moment. That, 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 that is it. The number one, the number one rule in the relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow. Number one. Yeah. The number one rule in relationship is going to fall back on this one thing. Humility. Wow. Humility. I don't have all the answers, uh, but I'm willing to sit here and figure it out with you. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I might have the title, the biggest title in the room, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the biggest person in the room and I don't know all situations and all circumstances. And so uh, I'm going to be humble when you tell me that I just made you uncomfortable. I want to figure it out. Not because I have to, it's because I want relationships and that means I want to. If I'm humble and I start moving forward in humility with questions that I'm genuinely concerned about the other person and I genuinely care what, what becomes possible in those relationships. Oh, the possibilities are endless. Mm. The possibilities are endless. You become right. Um, and I, and, and my friend Taylor Doe has a totally different way of using this, this term, but I've, I've stole it from him, but you become someone else's and then, mm. right. And then I met David yeah. And then we had that conversation and then we together. Yeah. Right. And no progress happens without a person in the, and then, right. There's always, and then I met and then we did. Yes. And then we, yes. and so, uh, once we, once we put down that and we decided we want to, uh, do this hard thing together, we won together. We mm-hmm. conquered ever so slightly and sometimes huge together. The next things becomes possible. And, and every time I get uh, moved to the next level, I remember what it was like getting to the next level. And it was with David and it was mm-hmm. with him. And it was, it was because of them. And then I had this opportunity because of them yeah. and that situation. I'm glad we did that hard thing mm-hmm. together. Wow. Okay. So let's say that I'm sitting here today. Maybe I'm in the space of looking for new connections Uh, As far as a friend goes, maybe I'm looking to start mentoring. Maybe I realize that we need to start within our organization uh, moving across some racial barriers. Within all of that, we're talking relationships. So here's my question. We always ask people, what's what's your step? What's your leader growth step out of this? If I'm looking at any of these situations, where do I start? I think... Uh, the simple answer is start. Hmm. Yeah. The simple move any direction. Yeah. Move any direction. Just don't stay in the one you're at. 
move, move, go, ask another question. And I think the, and I think the, the, the skill that is uh, the most important skill to have when moving into authentic relationship, like based mm-hmm. on relationship, I don't care what it is, is uh, to master asking questions. Yes. Yeah. As, as master asking questions. Uh, wanting to, and it's, and it's no other way to like celebrate a person is to mm-hmm. be interested in that person. Yeah. Right. Is to ask the question. And then what do you do after you ask the question? Ask another one. Yeah. And then ask another one and ask another one. And every so often, uh, you're going to get questioned. They're interested in you. Hmm. Uh, but I don't lead with telling them about me. I'm an expert in me. What I want to do is become an expert in you. And I do that by asking questions. I love that because this goes ultimately to the leader's heart, which a leader and a leader growth leader uh, is one who loves people. Mm -hmm. And if you love people, it's going to lead you to, you know, step forward to move and to ask questions about other people because you genuinely care uh, about who they're becoming. And by the way, can we all just give ourselves a little bit, a little bit of permission to get it wrong in the process because we're all human, we're all flawed, but if we keep moving forward together, we're going to get somewhere really special in the process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ask questions. Oh, and sometimes the questions you can actually, you get to qualify the question. Mm. Like, forgive me for being so naive. Yeah. Like, what does it look like if? I'm really not sure what that looks like. Can you help me understand? Because I am, I am like right here on that. And if you don't know the question to ask, you might even say, hey, what would be a question you would love someone to ask you? <laughs> It'll save you from asking the wrong questions sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But hey, Waylon, thank you for dropping in today. Thanks for pouring into the leader growth community. I'm excited to uh, get to impact leaders with you here in the future with leader growth. But uh, even more than that, just thank you for how you pour Uh, into the community for all the things that you do for our city and for uh, many people along the way. Thank you so much. I can't wait. I'm excited. All right. Well, that wraps up today's conversation with Waylon Cubitt. Man, did he give us a lot of things to look at. But ultimately today, what I want you to take from this is that you have an opportunity to move forward to actually help people grow, whether that's in a friendship, whether that is uh, in a mentorship, or whether that is building across lines that you might feel uh, towards racial reconciliation. Hey, I'd love it if you left a rating, if you review this podcast, if you subscribe to it, and would you share it with a friend. From all of us at the Leader Growth Community, we are passionate about helping individuals and organizations overcome challenges and experience transformation. We'll be back here next week. Until then, love hard, live full, and lead strong. Never front like I'm ballin', I got moves to make. Better with success, I got dues to pay. All good things that come to those who wait. Yeah, what I left behind from trying to be great. Ain't no secret to success if you ain't working. If you ain't down to hustle, then you don't deserve it. If it came easy, probably go fast. Cause anything easy probably won't last. Hustle be talent.